This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Howdy, friends. Jeff Hunt, chief wagon boss of this operation. You've probably seen on the news this young lady named Riley Gaines. She was speaking on behalf of Turning Point USA at a campus in San Francisco, a college campus in San Francisco. And the radical left was so violent uh, going after her and trying to shut her down that they, they not only assaulted her, I think they pushed her into a room. They locked her in this room. Um, it was hard to see because there was so much commotion happening. But that's kind of unfortunately par for the course for many conservatives on college campuses these days. They have to have major security teams that take care of them, that watch over them, because a leftist college student is willing to resort to violence. They're very happy to. You see even these other Turning Point videos. I saw the other one, one the other day where they flipped over a table and uh, were yelling and screaming at people. Um, that's that's leftism. Anyone who's ever studied history knows that that's leftism, and God forbid they ever get control of our government, especially if it's not a well-armed citizenry. <laughs> you end up with the Soviet Union. You end up with China. You end up with mass deaths because they're willing to always willing to resort to violence. So I was interested in talking with some young ladies from Colorado Christian University, Hannah Harrison and Mariah Hart, about these issues, these, especially the Riley Gaines women in sports issues. Mm. Now, Mariah, you were at one point a proud leftist uh, who's kind of now moved over to the conservative side. So I know you have the ability to hold both sides together in your mind. You, you can see the arguments on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and help us understand, what, especially how young women are looking at the Riley Gaines issue, the swimmer from Kentucky, where she was losing races because there was another man swimming in the pool during these races. So give us insight. How are young ladies feeling about all this? Yeah, I would say the important thing to remember about that particular situation is that the focus on the left is not on Riley. It's on the person she was swimming against. It's on, uh, I believe her name was Leah. Mm. Um, And I think that, and of course, Leah is a biological male who now identifies as a woman. And I think the pressure is this message that as a woman, in order to be a good woman, you have to be loving and you have to be accepting and you have to have open arms and that is what qualifies you as a good woman. So it's a lot of emotional manipulation. Mm. It's a lot of saying, hey, if you want to be seen as a good person, this is what you have to accept, no matter what the cost is against actual biological women. And I think that's it's not a logical argument. We right. see that. It's not. It's an emotional argument. And that is what is winning over these young women to support the transgender movement and to support people swimming in women's sports that are not women. Men swimming and competing in women's sports. Do you, do you all see from the older generation of feminists, like the ones that really had to fight for like Title IX and like even women's sports to be offered – do you see their voices defending women's sports these days? Yes, and I would say it's not even just in the women's sports movement. I think we're seeing that in the entirety of all of this transgender movement. Um, Dylan Mulvaney, mm-hmm. I think, is a perfect example mm-hmm. of this, what we're seeing happen with Bud Light and Nike. Mm-hmm. Dylan Mulvaney is an atrocious 
promotion of female stereotypes that these old generation feminists have been fighting hard against their entire lives. And as a woman, it's insulting. And so I think it's expanding to more than just the sports, although that's a really clear way to see it. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. And I'd like to add on to that, like Dylan Mulvaney, whenever he first got in with Bud Light, um, he was saying these things like, oh, well, there's this sports thing going on right now. I don't know what sports thing it is, though. Like, it was the Final Four of (laughs) NBA basketball. Um, And as a woman who wants to go into the sports industry, I'm disgusted in this. Like, are you you kidding me? You're saying that women can't know about sports. Women aren't, like, competent enough to be able to keep up, even with just what's going on in the world. Like, it's the Final Four. It's everywhere. It's every commercial. Like, we're, we're just saying that we're... Women are ditzy. Women are meant to go buy a purse when we feel sad. Women should wear pink and skirts and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here going, I, I've been a woman for 19 years now, and I don't think that that's <laughs> yeah. how that's, that's meant to be. That's not what a woman is. Yeah. But at it's, all. it's a caricature, yeah, right? And, and, and yet every brand has bought into this and is mm-hmm. promoting, not you. No. No. Right? No, no. So, Hannah, I mean, they're, they're not promoting you, Mariah. They're, no. they're not pushing you guys up mm-hmm. to be what a good woman is they're taking a man that's acting like a 12 year old girl yeah. yeah that's the other weird thing yes. too is it's not it's a like, child it's a, it's child, a girl right. it's not a woman it's a yeah. girl not a woman and i think that is even more insulting and so i think we are seeing these old generation feminists rise up and say okay, now you're undoing everything that I just did. Mm -hmm. And you're replacing women, you're objectifying them in a really gross way that we had not seen before as well through this transgender movement. And so I think there's a lot of pushback and I would just point you to Bud Light stocks to prove my point. (laughs) I completely agree, yeah. And we're taking things that are very personal to women, like even like a menstrual cycle and Dylan Mulvaney is going out and buying tampons and posting about it. And so these other transgender biological men are going out and like buying tampons and that's just very personal like that's something that women can't control and if they have pains during it if they have mood swings like they can't control that and then these biological men are going and going oh well I do too I do too and to that I say no no you don't (laughs) (laughs) um the, the Christian worldview is a bit of is a worldview of complementarianism, right? It's it's that God created men men and created women women, and that they they complement each other well. They don't have to be the same in everything. Do you think our culture misses that? Is there is there a role for Christianity to speak into kind of the the way God created the world and to embrace that? Right? Like I don't need to embrace. Feminine, femininity in its entirety. You don't need to embrace masculinity in its entirety. There's good things in the differences that mm-hmm. are made there. Absolutely. Um, I'm engaged. I'm getting married in like two months here. Woo-hoo. Yeah, very CCU of me. Um, and <laughs> I, my fiance actually does not go to CCU. He goes to a secular school in New England. Um, and whenever I've gone to visit him and as we as a couple have interacted with the majority of his non-Christian friends, one of the biggest ways we've been able to share the gospel is through our difference as a man and a woman and how we approach our relationship and our future marriage before for the Lord. And I think I have noticed a hunger in people, specifically in 
the women I interact with, Mm -hmm. for this man who is a man. Like, Mm -hmm. and he protects and he provides and it is not in a belittling way towards me at all which is what society tells Mm -hmm. women it is to be in a traditional relationship but it empowers me to be more of the woman who God has called me to be the way that my fiance loves me and treats me and these women who are struggling to get commitment from men who are struggling to get really anything manly from a man they just hunger for that. And I've seen it in my fiance's friends as well, where they're like, I want to be your kind of man. How do I do that? And he's had friends who have just picked up the Bible and started reading it because they want what he has and they Mm -hmm. recognize that it comes from what scripture tells us a man and a woman is. And so I think our country is like hungry, so hungry for that. And as Christians and as conservatives, as we lean into what feels really natural to us because we know what's right. The world sees that and they want it and they'll start to ask questions. And this next generation, they want it and they will ask questions. And it's about just living out what we know to be true. Mm. That is such a testament and it brings so many people in. Mm. It gets into, uh, we've hosted Dr. Yorm Hazoni at CCU. He'll be speaking at the Western Conservative Summit. June 9th and 10th at the Colorado Convention Center. By the way, tickets on sale at westernconservativesummit.com. That's westernconservativesummit.com. But uh, uh, Dr. Yorm Hazoni, who's trying to figure out what happened to leftism. So how do we go from like free speech Berkeley to bake the cake, you bigot mm-hmm. type of leftism? But his response on what conservatives need to do is to live a conservative life, right? So n- not just argue for the policy issues, but, you know, be a conservative in the way you live your lives. And he points to Orthodox Jews as examples out of Israel because a young Orthodox Jew is very different from a young leftist. They look at, you know, how do I buy the house next to my parents Mm -hmm. so we can live near our parents, we can build strong family structures, we can have 10 kids, and then their kids can have 10 kids, and then their kids can have 10 kids. And the truth is it's changing the demographics in in Israel because the left by nature doesn't reproduce. Mm-hmm. They they don't have children. They mm-hmm. don't. They aren't interested in families. And when they do get pregnant, they tend to kill their offspring. Yeah. So it, it, it's like a fundamentally broken worldview. Whereas the conservative worldview is no enjoy your family, build your family, make it a priority. It's partly why we left Washington D.C. was to raise our kids and to spend that time here with them. And um, I don't regret that at all. Um, I was out coaching my kids' flag football team this past Saturday. Like, that was a good use of my Saturday, right? If you're in that kind of leftist, career-driven, just sell everything to just work, 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 you hit, like, 35, and you just burn out. Mm. And I get to enjoy that time now with our family. So I think you can see at CCU that the students are not only embracing the Christian conservative policies, beliefs, but they're living Christian conservative lives. They're excited to get married. A number of our Centennial Institute fellows have gone on um, and have kids now. They met at Centennial Institute. They now have kids and and are I- exploring that part of their lives. And, and that's just fun. That is really fun to watch them, that next generation. Um, we're running out of time on this segment. When we come back, I want to continue to talk about abortion, sanctity, life, and the fact that these young women live in a blue state where women are celebrating all the abortions they get to have, and uh, but not these two. And uh, they're committed to the sanctity of life, and they're different. 
CCU is producing different students. We'll continue this conversation when we get back. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour.